are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Cindy Johnson, volunteer member of the Chapter Leadership Committee for Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses and Ace Copy Editor. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Jeremy. In a few minutes, we're going to listen to a recent conversation I had with Rowie McCann, General Manager of Clare Island Lighthouse in Ireland. It's an incredible place, and she was a, a lot of fun to talk with. So, Cindy, you're back in Arizona at the moment, but you were here in New Hampshire for a while recently. Uh, you got to get back to Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse to help with the tour a few weeks ago uh, for members of the New England Lighthouse Lovers Group, otherwise known as NEL. Uh, it must have been nice to be back. Yeah, it was really nice to be back and great to see you and fellow FPHL volunteers, Michelle Shaw and Bob Zimmon that day. I also got to visit with Charlotte, your wife, and Bob Zimmon's wife, Marilyn. And I especially want to give a shout out to Nell group member and devoted, very devoted podcast listener, Sharon Mills. Uh, Sharon, it was so nice to see you and your husband that day. Bob, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sharon not only is a devoted podcast listener, she was a, a very uh, devoted volunteer for Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, and she is one of the top U.S. Lighthouse Society passport stamp collectors. Mm-hmm. And she was actually interviewed for the podcast about that a while back. Sharon lives uh, just a few miles from me. Uh, she lives just across the uh, Piscataqua River over in Kittery, Maine. So, hi, Sharon. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Yay. It was a really yeah. nice event. And um, it was uh, it was a really cold day in Newcastle, New Hampshire, and super windy. But uh, the hardiest members of NIL did make their way down to the lighthouse and um, took some pictures. We couldn't give a proper lighthouse tour because of the recent storm damage and the fact that we just really don't have a walkway out to the lighthouse tower. But, um, but it was a good day. And we got to have uh, cookies and hot chocolate and listen to your lecture um, on New England Lighthouses, Jeremy, afterwards. Yeah, it was a little odd to give the lecture sitting down because I was in a walking boot after foot surgery. So it's the first, I think it's the first lecture I've ever given sitting down, but I, otherwise it was, uh, it was great. But it was perfectly fine. And if you need to sit down for a lecture in the future, it works. <laughs> well, hopefully not. I'm out of the walking boot as of a couple of days ago. Yay. So I can stand a lecture now. To conclude on all, all that, I just want to say that uh, there's something in the works. We can't announce it yet, but we'll hopefully be able to announce something soon about the walkway getting rebuilt. I can't say exactly mm-hmm. when it's going to happen. Again, uh, watch for an announcement, uh, but I think there's going to be good news about that fairly mm, soon. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. As my mom says, everything is crossed. <laughs> right. Uh, and I can do that now that I'm not wearing the, the boot anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to mention also you've been doing copy editing work uh, on some U.S. Lighthouse Society projects, including the recent book we published, the Lighthouse at Point San Luis, which I think came out very nicely. We're now working on a new edition of the 1935 book, Lighthouses of Maine and the Men Who Keep Them by Robert Thayer Sterling. So yes, I have uh, been doing copy editing work on some projects for USLHS with you. And I'm also currently enrolled in an online course at Emerson College in Boston Mm -hmm. for a professional certificate in copy editing. So I'm learning a lot and I look forward to using my skills in, in the work that we're doing. And you're an Emerson alum, Jeremy. Uh, yes, <laughs> I knew that, <laughs> but thanks for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should say what year. It was just a couple of years ago, but like, uh, <laughs> like more than 40 years ago. But um, it was uh, a great place to go to school in Boston and a lot of theater people there and showbiz people. I actually was in classes with the comedian Stephen Wright. So I'm sure mm-hmm. he listens to the podcast. So hi, Stephen. Um, Dennis Leary was a little bit behind me. Uh, people like uh, Carol Burnett, Jay Leno, Henry wow. Winkler, they were all wow. before me. And Jennifer Coolidge, one of the most popular uh, stars of uh, film and TV these days, uh, mm-hmm. went to Emerson uh, just a little bit after me. So yeah, um, yeah. we are yeah. in good company. Absolutely. So welcome to the Emerson family. Thank you. So. Before we get to our guest today, has anything interesting happened on the state lighthouse history? 
Yes, on February 12th, 1815, Willis Augustus Hodges was born in Blackwater, Virginia. He was born a free black man to a family of farmers. In 1870, Hodges was appointed night inspector of Old Point Comfort Lighthouse because of his loyalties to the Republican Party. That experience paved the way for his future position as head keeper at the Cape Henry Lighthouse in 1870. Yeah, Hodges served only a couple of months as keeper at Cape Henry, but he went on to become an anti-slavery activist and newspaper editor. In his autobiography, he wrote, quote, We may not live to view the promised land of freedom and justice. We may die in the wilderness of slavery and injustice, just like the older heads of our children of Israel, but our children or children's children will possess the land if God is God and a just God, unquote. Hmm. Well, so back when I was a Navy wife and lived in Norfolk, Virginia, I visited old Cape Henry Light and I got to climb to the top, actually. So it's a it's a neat old lighthouse and provides a great view of new Cape Henry Light and the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay right there. Right. And just to make it clear, uh, Hodges, who we just talked about, Willis Augustus Hodges, was a keeper, of course, at the old Cape Henry Light, Mm -hmm. which is actually one of the oldest lighthouse towers in the country. I believe built in 1792 and replaced by the uh, the new light in 1881. Yep. So let's tell our listeners more about Clare Island Lighthouse in Ireland and today's guest. Sure, Jeremy. Clare Island is at the entrance to Clue Bay off Ireland's western Atlantic coast. It's the largest of Clue Bay's 365 islands, only six of which are inhabited year-round. Clare Island, which is about four and a half miles long along its south coast and two and a half miles from north to south, rises to a height of 1,520 feet and is an important breeding ground for seabirds. It's also home to about 130 people year-round. The family of the legendary pirate queen, Grace O'Malley, owned the island during the Middle Ages. An old tower house near the island's harbor is known as Grace O'Malley's Castle, and many of the O'Malley clan are buried at an abbey on the south side of the island. The island's original lighthouse was built in 1806, but it was damaged by fire seven years later due to the careless disposal of candle wicks by the keeper. A new lighthouse was built in 1818, serving until it was decommissioned in 1965. The property was then purchased by the Timmerman family and converted into a guest house where Jean Kennedy Smith stayed during her tenure as the U.S. Ambassador to Ireland. In the late 1990s, it was sold to Lady Georgina Forbes, who used it as a private home. A German pathologist, Gusta Fischer, bought the property in 2008 in partnership with Rowie McCann, an interior designer. After five years of renovation, Clare Island Lighthouse was opened in 2013 as a luxury boutique hotel. It won an award as Europe's best coastal boutique hotel in 2016. The property is now for sale for an asking price of 4.8 million euros. There are nine bedrooms and eight baths with a total of 5,489 square feet in all the buildings. For more detail, you can visit sherryfits.ie online. That's S-H-E-R-R-Y-F-I-T-Z dot I-E. Our guest today is Rowie McCann, interior designer and general manager of Clare Island Lighthouse. That's right. I saw the news stories about the lighthouse being for sale, and we set up a Zoom call very quickly. Rowie couldn't have been nicer to talk to. I really enjoyed it. So let's listen to our conversation now. I'm speaking today with Rowie McCann, who is the general manager of Clare Island Lighthouse in Ireland, which looks like such an amazing place. Uh, And uh, I am, our listeners, of course, can't see it, but I'm wearing an Ireland cap to prove that I was in Ireland for most of the month of July uh, last year, which was an amazing experience. I did not get to visit Clare Island. I I wish I did, but I hope I can get back someday and uh, visit there because uh, the lighthouse and the island itself look look fantastic. So, Roe, thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. So, uh, first of all, just a little bit more about you uh, and your background. Where are you from, Roe? I was born and brought up in Donegal, which is north of County Mayo, where the lighthouse is. And I lived there until I was 16. And then my family moved to Dublin. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 18, I moved to London 
for eight years. And then I went to Holland. Then I went to San Francisco. Wow. Came back to London, Dublin and Mayo. And this is where I'm seeing out my years, I hope. <laughs> well, you're a true world traveler, but you, I can understand why you'd want to return to that, that beautiful area. So I understand you're an interior designer, and I read that you have a specific interest in antique furniture. Is that accurate? Well, at many incarnations, but that was the most recent one before uh, the lighthouse. And that's how I met the lighthouse owner. Was mm-hmm. uh, I was helping him out in some other projects around Westport. Mm-hmm. And then the recession came. Uh, and there were no jobs for interior designers. So during the time, Gustav Fisher, he's the owner of the lighthouse, he bought it in 2008. And I used to meet him in the street. Um, and as I, as I had no gainful employment, I took up the fiddle. So <laughs> we used to meet in, in Westport and he'd say, how's the fiddle going? And I said, oh, great, how's the, how's the lighthouse going? And then eventually one day he said to me, uh, the lighthouse is finished now, but I don't know what to do with it. It was in the height of the recession, and that was about 2011. Uh-huh. And he, and I said, well, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I think I'll probably just close it up and wait for the recession to be over. So then I said, oh, well, that's, that's a terrible thing to do. Uh, and he said, well, have you any ideas? And I said, well, I stayed there in the 90s when it was a and b but the, the people who owned it in the 90s, they actually lived in the lighthouse as a family and they opened it as a and b and that was before internet or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd stayed there and I always thought, gosh, this is this is really an amazing place. Now, it, it was pretty cold and drafty. So um, Gusta thought about it and he said, nah, that's, that's a terrible idea. And the next day he called up to where I was living. I live at the foot of Crowpatrick, just on Clue Bay. And uh, he called in and he said, well, I'm doing another project down the road. It was another 1850s house. And then just at the end, he said, will you come out and have a look at the lighthouse with me? And I said, well, I don't really want to if you're not doing anything with it. It's a pretty (laughs) miserable time of the year. It was March, April. And he said, no, no, maybe that B&B thing. So off I went out on a horrible day and we walked around uh, the lighthouse and uh, I said, yeah, okay." I'll do it with you. So we started, that was March, April, 2012. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we proceeded to furnish it and fit it out. He had all the important work done, the the roof and the floor, uh, and he'd put new glass in the large lantern tower. It was in pretty bad shape. And he spent four years on the fabric of the building. Because he decided, you know, he loves he loves old buildings, and you know, the 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 rougher the better. Yeah. So he feels that uh, he he saved this lighthouse from falling into the sea, which he did really. Yeah, so it was really a great project. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was reading about that. So the man you're talking about again, his name is uh, Gusta. Is a ger- German, Gusta? right? Gusta Fischer. Gusta Fischer. Yeah. He's German, and he's German he Irish. A, he's just become an Irish citizen, so he's very happy about that. Oh, great! So <laughs> he is a doctorate, a pathologist. He's a he's a pathologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, old buildings, repairing old old ruins and buildings—that's his hobby. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's that's quite a, great, a contrast. Yeah, well, I think it sounds like a good good combination. And you became his business partner, and yeah. uh, so, but he had pretty much completed the. Uh, the the renovation restoration of the property before yeah. you uh yeah. became involved and then you kind of took it from there i guess well he's uh, got a pretty keen eye as well so we did that together we traveled around mm-hmm. the country and you know to auction rooms and salvage yards and we you know uh, we tried to get old irish furniture and to put all the original type of our the fireplaces back in i think there was about three or four missing mm-hmm. so um so that took us that took us a year good yeah. part of a year yeah. So uh, please clarify something for me. I was trying to figure this out, looking at pictures and reading about it. There, there are two lighthouse towers, what appear to be two lighthouse towers on the property. Yeah. One is the 1818 lighthouse that was active until 1965. And but then there's another tower that's kind of capped yeah. and has no lantern on it. Was that the original yeah. lighthouse? The original lighthouse tower is that second smallish one that you see mm-hmm. that was built in 1806. Yeah. And in 1816, somebody threw a, a lighted match or the snuffings of a candle wick into a bucket of oil. Right. It, it was very badly damaged. 
Uh, and then in 1818, the newish Lantern Tower was built. Mm-hmm. And that, that was uh, in service until 1965. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that because, uh, you know, there's a lot of sources say the first lighthouse burned down. But then I saw these pictures with what appears to be a, a second lighthouse tower that's capped. So I figured yeah, that had I think- to be... Yeah, mm-hmm. I think around 1818, it was kind of the golden years of lighthouse building in Britain. You'll see an awful lot of those lighthouses look the same. The, the tower is the same. It's true. Yeah. The, and that, that 1806 lighthouse was quite primitive because I always thought the top was missing off it, but it wasn't. They used to just light tallow candles and put them in the window. It was that primitive. Mm-hmm. And it was wow. quite a small, you know, there's just that small tower downstairs and a sleeping area. So I think by 1818, the sort of the, the trend for building these bigger lighthouses came into being. Right. And there's actually a number of other buildings on the property as well, part of the, the yeah. light station. It's, it's a very big lighthouse complex because two families had to live there. Mm-hmm. And they only got off the island every 10 months and the light had to be tended 24-7. And they were clever enough to put in two kitchens because I think families didn't mind sharing the lighthouse, but I don't think two women like sharing a kitchen. Mm-hmm. So the principal keeper had this quite big, large kitchen and his bedroom was above the kitchen. And then the assistant keeper then had the kitchen at the other end of the of the building. Uh, and then, of course, the, there was lots of children and any of the single lighthouse keepers who came to Clare Island, um, a lot of them married into the island, as they say, and they would have married Clare Island women. So there's a great connection between the people of Clare Island and the lighthouse. It was mm-hmm. it was the only sort of business there was on Clare Island. And uh, there's a little cove called a little place called the cove near the lighthouse, but 15 minutes which was the the original pier, not where the pier is now. And it's like a little lagoon. That's where we go swimming in the summertime from the lighthouse. And uh, about three times a year, the lighthouse ship would come in to offload, you know, their supplies. And for weeks and weeks, every form of transport on the island was used to haul the foodstuffs and oil and coal up to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And also because that lighthouse was on an island and... The, you know, the, the lighthouse, it was it was quite a strict regime, you know, the, the lighthouse authority. It was called Trinity House originally. And then Commissioners the, of the Irish used, Lights. Yeah. yeah, Commissioner of Irish Lights. So there was a lot. It was seemingly a good party house and cards. And, you know, so it was a real hub of a real social hub at the time. Let me ask mm-hmm. you, do you do you live on the property? Uh, I live there. I have a, I, I live there probably. May to September and then part time uh-huh. then we after COVID then we had to catch up a little bit and we decided we'd test out just give it a try to see if we could extend the season and, and I designed the storm watching weekends and within two weeks we were f- full. So we operating now until the middle of December, which was ah. which was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. As long as we as long as we could get on and off. Right. And I imagine there are times when you can't. Uh, there's a ferry, well, right? Yeah, in Runa, where it's the nearest point uh, to Clare Island, it's a very bad, it's very rough as regards weather and swell and waves. So when the weather is poor, then you have to go from Ackle, but you may only have maybe two hours notice at the maximum. So it means an awful round trip to go from Ackle to Clare Island. And then it gets messy if you go into Runa and out to Ackle and mm-hmm. uh, Old Head. But thankfully, we only had a couple of trips to Ackle this year. Yeah. We got in and out safely and we had plenty of storms. Uh-huh. Now, I read that you plan to continue operating. Well, let me back up for a second here. The property is for sale. We're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But I understand that you are going to continue operating it uh, until the end of September. Is that that's accurate? Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So say, we don't are- know how long it takes to sell a lighthouse. <laughs> Right, right. Well, that's true too. <laughs> but is it pretty much booked for this season through September? No, it, it's it's the first half of the year is is booking up, but still have availability. But it's it's very it's very b- busy, particularly since it went for sale. I wasn't sure how that would go, whether it would affect the business mm-hmm. or whether people would say, "Well, this is our last chance." So it seems to have gone that way. People yeah. are saying, "Well, it's now or never." Yeah, yeah. If we could touch for a few minutes, just a little bit about the the history of the place you've you've mentioned mm-hmm. a, a little bit, but going back to the the staff today is when keepers lived there. I understand the the last keeper who left there when it was automated in '65 was Jackie O'Grady. 
right? Exactly. And he wrote a book about his time there. And I found a, a nice little short documentary about him on YouTube That's that I right. enjoyed it's watching. Called, that was called The Green Road to the Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. 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 He was an absolutely lovely man, and that's a beautifully written book. And it, it it's not just about the lighthouse, but it's more about life on Clare Island. Uh, Jackie was one of a family of 10, and the, his brother, uh, Chris, and plenty of us, or he's but four, four or five sisters. And uh, But sadly, Jackie died about two or three years ago. Okay. But when I was naming the rooms, uh, I was down to my last room, and I just thought, wouldn't it be nice to call it after a lighthouse keeper? And I rang Jackie up and asked him if he'd like me to, or if it was okay to call a room after him. And he said, yeah, that'd be lovely. And they, somewhere after that, he came to the lighthouse to see which bedroom I'd designated to him. And he got really very emotional because it was his bedroom. And I didn't oh, wow. know that. Oh, that's, yeah. that's serendipity for you. That's I know, amazing. but he said, oh, it was never this cozy or this warm. <laughs> <I was thinking>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably have a better heating system now than he had yeah, uh, when yeah, he yeah, was there. Yeah. But his family are still on the island. They run the ferry, uh, the ferry company, and they have a um, bar on the island. So the O'Grady's mm-hmm. are a big island family. There's about four four names in the island, and of course O'Malley being the most mm-hmm. most famous. So you uh, obviously knew Jackie O'Grady. Have you had contact with other people who lived at the lighthouse, or like uh, families of lighthouse keepers, people like that? Yeah, yeah. And we had another uh, another keeper who was there called William Landers. He was there in the 1800s. And about a year after we opened, his great, great, great grandson sent me a photograph of him that was taken in the lighthouse. And uh, they live in the Isle of Wight. So that was when the the British had it. So um, I named another room William Landers. That was a staff room. And then recently I found out that he wasn't such a nice guy, but we'll we'll leave it there. (laughs) He Hmm. tried to convert. He tried to convert all the islanders and they weren't too happy. Oh, yeah, I saw that somewhere. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, again, to uh, just to touch again on something you, you talked about a little bit already, but the owner uh, had pretty much renovated the place and you got involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a decision to turn it into uh, accommodations. And you uh, furnished it in a certain way that looks gorgeous in the photos I've seen. I'm wondering what you were kind of after, what kind of feeling were you, were you going for with the, uh, the decoration? I wanted it to be, the main thing is I wanted it to be warm and comfortable, but I didn't want it to be five-star hotel-y. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get the balance between sort of comfort and, you know, not being too plush. And also I decided that at that point as well, that we had to offer dinner and we're the only lighthouse in Ireland where, where, where you get fed. Ah. So, so that's, um, that's a, you know, it's different to all the others because I think a lot of people are time poor and, you know, it doesn't suit everybody to come for a week or four days and have to, having to shop and do that. So that that's worked actually quite well. But yeah, yeah. people seem to like it. Some of the rooms are quite modern. Um, I didn't have any any great plan. It just kind of evolved as I went along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it looks great. It looks like you achieved that that balance. It looks. It doesn't look posh or plush or what, no. but it <laughs> yeah. looks it's very um elegant but also homey looking and inviting i think yeah uh, so i think you did a, a really nice job with that from what i've seen and i saw that in 2016 you won a, a very prestigious award as europe's best coastal boutique hotel yeah, that was uh, a bit of a shocker. But yeah, it was from great. the World Boutique Hotel Awards. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it must have been kind of shocking and gratifying, I'm sure. Yeah, it was great. I had to go, had to go all the way to London to pick up that prize. It was terrific. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. really great. And um, another thing that worked in our favour, there's, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Ireland's Blue Book. Um, I've just been reading about it a little bit uh, when yeah, reading about yeah. you, yeah. Uh, they have uh, a number of very kind of nice, comfortable, prestigious country homes uh, and I knew nothing about hospitality when I started this lighthouse uh, business. And I just thought to myself, oh, we need to go into one of those books. So in the January, I rang them up the January before we opened. And I asked them and they said, yeah, yeah, apply when you're open six months. Generally, they um, they like you to be trading for two years before they'll come and have a look, have a look at the place. So in um, March, April, they phoned me and they said, would I apply then, there and then? And I did. And then they said they'd probably come and check me out in September. 
And then in June, a beautiful June day, this lovely couple arrived and I knew they had a blue, a blue book premises. And after a few glasses of champagne, I said, I believe the blue book are very strict, you know. Mm. And they said, oh, well, yes, yes, they are kind of. And then after another couple of glasses of champagne, they said, Rowie, we're here from the blue book to check you out. And I said, but this is only June. It's not September. But they were trying to uh, have some different types of accommodation in the blue book and they were afraid that if we didn't go in with them that we'd go with somebody else because i was just going to go into one of these books Mm -hmm. and i chose very well they're a fantastic organization so that was really terrific for us from from the irish market as well because lots of people give them as as you know christmas gifts and wedding gifts so it was a really great that that got us on the road because things were it's still fairly quiet then. 2013, we ha- we opened. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, something else you're, you've kind of partnered with is the Great Lighthouses of Ireland. I believe the Clare Island is considered uh, part of that tourism right. initiative. Yeah. Can yeah. you explain a little bit about what that means, Great Lighthouses well, of Ireland? Well, the, the Great Lighthouses of Ireland, an awful lot of these lighthouses were derelict or unused, and a lot of them are community projects. And it, it's it's fantastic for, for the community and their kind of information centres or heritage centres as well. So they invited us in, even though we're a private, we're the only private lighthouse in that group. But we'd been operating maybe about two years before they started. So they were just very interested to know how, how things were going and what formula we used. But mm-hmm. none of the others have, they have accommodation, little maybe cottages or self-catering accommodation, and they have these information uh, centres at the lighthouse. Yeah. So it's, it's been very good as well. It's nice It's nice to meet up with other lighthouse keepers and, you know, see what they're doing and how, how things work for them. So that's been a great success. I think there's 25 lighthouses in their group now. Something like that. And I think there's, yeah. uh, like you said, various kinds of accommodations self-catering mostly uh, about a dozen I think in all where you can stay overnight mm-hmm. um, yeah so I got to see some of those lights when I was there in Ireland some of the ones involved and they're considered part of that I want to ask you about the the staff there I was reading for I'm not sure how many years now for a while now you've had an all-woman team running <laughs> the lighthouse is that is that accurate That's right. well for the last for the last three or four years yeah the staffing was very tricky because there's the fantasy and then there's the reality of operating at a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, because you, it's, it's an interesting commute. And the problem was we couldn't get enough staff on the island. We c- couldn't get enough island people. And then we had the problem of not having enough accommodation at the lighthouse. But over the last maybe three or four years ago, we converted the ladder shed to two more units for staff, two mm. little self-contained units. So once people could live in, because... When I had island people working, we're very remote on the top of this cliff. And I used to have to drive them down in horizontal rain at 12 o'clock at night down this dirt track. (laughs) So it was like running the gauntlet every night. And and I thought, God, how long more can I do this? So it was fairly hairy at times. No, that's worked great now. But there's nine self there's nine ensuite rooms in the bedroom in, in the lighthouse. But we only let out five of them. 10 is the maximum number we have at the lighthouse. Okay. It wasn't, we didn't want to be squeezing people in. 10 works really well. Yeah, yeah. You just made me think of a, a question talking about how it's, it's you know, fairly isolated there and can be kind of hard to get, get in and out of there at times in bad weather. Mm-hmm. Have there been times when guests have been kind of stuck there for longer than was expected because of the weather? Does that happen well, at all? Once, once. Just once? once? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we had a great old night. Yeah, they just stayed. And there, there was yeah. one uh, very, very irate lady um, who, who worked in London. And she said, I, ha- I have to get back. Give me the phone and I'll order a private boat. And I go, yeah, sure. No problem. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then once she settled them, we, we had great fun. It was great. They were delighted to get an extra night. <laughs> Good. Have you been there for any memorable storms yourself? I have. I think last, oh, two, I think two years ago. I think it was Storm Hannah. Do you remember Storm Hannah? Yeah. Was that yeah. one that actually, uh, did it start over on this side of the Atlantic and go over yes. there? Is that the one yeah. I'm thinking yeah, of? Yeah. yeah. But they didn't really mention, they mentioned Galway. And then that night, I never forget it. It was 
the only time I was ever really afraid at the lighthouse because I thought this is it in the 150 years the roof is going to go and all the guests were inside and it was at the end of dinner and loads of drinks and go is it you know and they keep it's a bit like when you look at the air hostess on a flight and you go well she looks calm everything must be okay I said, yeah no problem it's fine I was really really nervous because there's a huge big uh, glass window in the kitchen and it was kind of moving in and out moving in and out and uh, one one uh, lady decided to she said oh I want to go out and, and I said no no nobody can go out and she went outside and she was flipped over and it's very, very dangerous Ooh. to go out in a storm because that night we lost our gates. We lost every piece of Wi-Fi, uh, anything that wasn't nailed down, yeah. was shifted and blown all over the place. And then we had a honeymoon cup, couple staying in the Ackle View room and they went up and then they came back down after five minutes and they go, Rowie, I think you need to see this. And I went up and it looked like somebody had absolutely trashed the room. They had left the bathroom window opened by about two inches. Oh no! After me telling everybody to close close the windows, and they had a they had a sort of a, a trap door in their ceiling. It was the top of the house, mm-hmm. and it kind of imploded, and the whole contents of the insulation had come down, and their suitcases were blown around. It looked <sighs> like a, a poltergeist had come in and trashed. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. so yeah, no, no. So that that's the one and only storm that I was yeah, worried well, about. That's pretty memorable. Talking about the windows buckling in and out. I was in Key West, Florida for a hurricane once in an old hotel and the windows were doing that all night. And I was so, so sure they were going to break in at some point, but they didn't. So I know what that's like. So let's uh, change uh, gears a little bit. You mentioned the food a few minutes ago about how it's the only lighthouse in Ireland where people can stay and be served gourmet meals, basically, right? I've, I've read that the food is spectacular. It's uh, very good, but I don't like to call it gourmet. Because gourmet, you, that sounds too fussy you, or something. Because you, you set yourself up immediately, you know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I want people to expect nice food and then to, and then to think, oh, this is much nicer than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the pictures, you on the website, there's photos of a lot of the food. And I was yeah, getting yeah. really hungry looking at those photos, <laughs> yeah. both the, uh, the main courses and the desserts. Look so yeah, so we, nice. Yeah, we've been very we've been very lucky with the chefs we've had. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been yeah, it's been really and good. Been a, a woman in recent years, has it? And um, yeah, she's yeah. from Old Head, locally here. So mm-hmm. she's been here with us for three years, and she'll hopefully see us out, which will be yeah. great. That's great. So could you just say a little bit about what just typically uh, it probably changes pretty often, but what type of what sorts of foods are served uh, normally? Well, because we we serve a set dinner, people have to tell us in advance if there's something they don't like. So we it's very much every week it's tailored to the group of people we have coming mm-hmm. because we just wouldn't be able to. We're not a restaurant. So we'd always have a homemade soup, different types of vegetable, you know, could be it could be broccoli and blue cheese, you know, interesting soups. And then we have a starter maybe uh, Irish duck or the Clare Island smoked salmon. We have mm-hmm. uh, an organic salmon farm. It's the smallest and probably the most famous in the world. And we get our salmon from Ackill where it's smoked and barbecued. We have a special type of barbecued and smoked salmon that we get from Ackill Island. And we have a lot of local fish and then we'd have local beef. It's all Irish and then Clare Island lamb. So I'm not probably doing it justice, but um, very nice accompaniments. And then, of course, all the types of desserts that you shouldn't eat when you're at home. <laughs> when you're on vacation, it doesn't it's not real calories. It doesn't count. No, 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 no. You're, you're not allowed. spending real money and you're not eating real calories yeah. when you're, yeah. when you're That's on vacation. Yeah, yeah. That sounds fantastic. As a smoked salmon fan, I'm. Uh, you know, I like the the sound of, of that. I think I've had smoked salmon from that area before. Just a little bit more about the island itself. You mentioned the O'Malley's before. Can you tell me who was Grace O'Malley and what was her connection to Clare Island? Well, Grace O'Malley was the very famous pirate queen. She's not a fictional figure. She's a real life person. Mm-hmm. Gosh, now you've got me on my dates. I think the 1600s was her period. The same I think time it was 1500s. 15th, 15th, yeah. yeah. Uh, same time as Elizabeth I. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they started off as arch enemies because uh, Elizabeth I wasn't too keen on Grace because she was plundering her her booty down the West Coast. Yeah. And then uh, Grace O'Malley had the 
audacity to go over and have an audience with her. But anyway, they recognized kindred that there were kindred spirits. So she was actually left alone. But her name is Grania Whale O'Malley and whale in Irish means bald. And she mm-hmm. shaved off her hair so she'd be taken seriously as a sea captain. Wow. She even had one of her children on board the ship during a, a battle. Oh. So, they, so, they, so they say. So she was a mighty, a mighty woman altogether. And of course, all her descendants are on Clare Island and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, a lot of the O'Malley's would have emigrated to, to America uh, during the famine. And those uh, coffin ships would have sailed out past the lighthouse. Yeah. So we get a lot of O'Malley's from America coming back. Uh huh. And there's yeah. a structure near the harbor called that's known as Grace O'Malley's Castle. O'Malley's I'm not sure Castle. if it really has a connection to her or not. It does. Yeah. It absolutely. Does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a, a sort of a square. It's a very small kind of uh, castle, and they're hoping to get it kind of taken over, and it needs to be renovated. But she had castles all down the coast mm. because that's how they they you know they had a. a they needed lookout towers. That's more like a, a small lookout tower. I wouldn't really yeah. call it a castle, but small it's fortifications. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, lookout, yeah. lookout mm-hmm. forts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what else is there to see on Clare Island? And part two of that question is: Are there guided tours available if people visit? Well, one of our staff, Martina, she's uh, she's actually a history and geography major, as you'd call it in America, and she is she loves Grace O'Malley and the history surrounding Grace O'Malley. So she she does tours for our lighthouse guests mm-hmm. all around the island. And yeah. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. And there's a, a number of forts, uh, various kinds on the island, right? So. There's, a, there's a Napoleonic fort, which is on the western side of the island, mm-hmm. that was built when they were expecting Napoleon to invade. But it never happened. And you can see them. They're all down the western seaboard. Mm-hmm. So if you if you light a fire in Donegal, it can end up in Kerry. You know, the, it, it lit from one to the other. That's mm-hmm. to uh, alert, uh, alert the Irish of uh, the invading French. But that yeah. never happened. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, a French and French. I, I'm a French and I'm a I'm a French and Irish descent, so I don't want to pick uh, pick sides on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, we have this um, say. 12th century Cistercian Abbey as well mm. and about 20 years ago I think they found these uh, frescoes and drawings on this kind of vaulted ceiling which are absolutely amazing mm-hmm. and I think they're probably one of the oldest uh, these the oldest frescoes in Europe so they've been restored they're pretty amazing oh I bet and I yeah. understand a lot of O'Malley's are buried at the the abbey so. every other every other grave is an O'Malley yeah, yeah. So you have O'Malley and then you have O'Grady and then you have O'Moran and then you have O'Leary. But mm-hmm. the O'Learys and the McCabe's, they would have been families that came when the, is it the RIC, when it was policed because it was a very important island back in the 1800s. It was a huge shipping shipping lane into, into the West. Mm-hmm. So there were all sorts of stores and uh, in, in at Westport Harbour, but it's silted up since... So, but now there's there's no there's no guard on the island at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's slightly a different subject, but uh, another thing I've I've read about lately is that uh, the there are views from the island, and I think from the lighthouse of, of the area where the recent movie, The Banshees of Inisherin. We're looking filmed. directly over at. We used to see the lights from where it was filmed, The Banshees of Inisherin. Have you seen mm-hmm. it? You know, no, but I, I'm a big movie buff and we start, my wife and I started watching it and she, she fell asleep. I don't think it was anything to do with the movie. She was just tired. So we, we stopped it at that. I stopped it at that point, but I need to uh, put it back on and watch it because it yeah. looks really good to me. I, I, yeah, I find it's quite the, dark though. It's quite dark. Well, sort of a dark comedy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's quite funny because one of our rooms is called the Banshee Cottage. Right. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. But no connection that came your room. No, came we were before. we were we were way ahead the banshees of Inisherin because yeah. the first time we went over to the lighthouse, we were walking around the different rooms and I think he called it the Red Door Cottage, Gusta called it. And I mm-hmm. and then we we're walking over there and I could hear this whistling and this kind of woo. Uh and I said to Gusta, do you hear that? And he said, What is it? And I said, It's the banshee. Because it was <laughs> the wind, it was the wind whistling through the gates and through the yeah. chimneys. So that's uh, why we called it the Banshee Cottage. You well, have to kind great. of head down to walk in. So. Yeah. 
So the movie, The Banshees of Inisherin, uh, Inisherin is actually a fictional name, I believe, right? Of course, Inish is uh, island in Irish, but they just made up the the name. But but it was a shot. There's great activity in Ackle now. Because of Uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, hopefully they'll, they'll get an Oscar or two, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, great actors. So I, I do look forward to to watching that. Uh, to jump ahead to the present here uh, for you, what, what made you decide to sell the property? Well, I can say this because it's going out in the States. I don't think anybody here will hear it. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be 70 next year and I need a little bit of time to mm-hmm. myself. That's to understandable. My yeah. And when I started it, I was in my late 50s and I thought oh I'll do it for a few years and suddenly 10 11 12 years have gone by and I want to I want to get out while the going is good <laughs> and I want to travel yeah. and I want to do some trips to the states and I'm very confined really all of the time but especially from like March to September so it doesn't leave me much time in between and now when we started doing the winter I was also tied up in the winter but um I don't know what will happen, whether it'll be bought as a, you know, and whether it's a, the next owner will run it the way we ran it. I, I don't think so, because even though it's not it's not the most budget friendly place to stay, but you don't make money in five rooms, mm-hmm. you know, and Gusta's brief was he just didn't want it to cost a man thing and he wanted a little bit left at the end of the year and any little bit of money that was left over, he just plowed it right back in. Mm-hmm. It's the fantasy and reality again. It's huge maintenance on a building like that. It's so exposed, and everything that can go wrong does go wrong on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. But um, it only went on the market on Thursday, and already there seems to be a good bit of interest. So let's see. Yeah, well, here I am. I contacted you just after seeing it uh, online. There were stories popping up. Uh, on the internet. So that's why I contacted yeah. you. I have no trouble understanding your decision there. I'm just a hair behind you age-wise. And I mean, I love the, the work I do, but I also uh, would like to have a, a little time now and then. So well, you want to quit while you're ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You want to go out on a, a high note for sure. So I hope the, the new owner will continue to have the accommodations there. But as you said, there's a lot of factors with that. So the, the property is for sale through somebody called Sherry Fitzgerald Country well, Sherry Homes. Fitz, it's, it's Sherry Fitzgerald and Christie's International. So mm. they're partners. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's it, yeah it's for sale between those because it, we needed an international partner to to promote it kind of worldwide yeah and it's yeah. uh the website is sherryfits.ie s-h-e-r-r-y-f-i-t-z.ie yeah. and I, I brought up the website and the lighthouse kind of came up as the lead you know featuring oh, the story on the, <laughs> the front of the website so that good. was that was good yeah and there's a lot of information on there and photos and so forth and i so i guess that would be where you would point people to uh to learn more and uh, yeah either sherry fitzgerald or uh christie's international mm-hmm. but i mean it would be fantastic if the the tragedy is if somebody buys it as a holiday home they may only come for two weeks of the year right but i think it would be a great idea if whoever bought it uh, blocked off their two or three weeks and then, you know, let the present staff who, who want to stay on run it f- for the rest of the time. So, you know, it keeps it, a building needs to be lived in. That's the, that's the, the, the biggest challenge of, of buildings in the West of Ireland. Even, even if we leave that building for three months, yep. we have to leave the heat on at 15 degrees. Otherwise it feels very sticky and salty and, you know, damp. Yeah. So yeah. you have to all the time be mindful of the the dampness and the salt and the wind. Yeah. Well, that's a challenge for lighthouses worldwide, but especially in, in especially harsh environments like like yeah, that. Yeah, you can't just close them down and leave them for eight months and go back in eight months and expect them to be all pristine. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I'd like to chat for a long time to more here, but I want to ask you one final question, okay, for bonus points. All right. <laughs> okay. And that question is, what has been your favorite thing about your involvement with Clare Island Lighthouse? There's a couple of things, but I think bringing a a derelict building back to life and to see the enjoyment of the people who came to visit and 
really lighthouses. They're like Disneyland for adults. And the look, <laughs> the look of like people's it. faces when they walk in and they're all so excited and delighted to be there, you know, and also interacting with the islanders. That's about 130 people live there. And it's a very different, interesting way of life. Mm-hmm. And it's such an authentic island. Uh, and it's quite, it's not overly touristic. It's very low key. And I've made some lifelong friends there with the local with the local people and also lifelong friends of some of the guests that have come and stayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, people are so happy. I've read reviews of, you know, people who've stayed there, how much they've loved it and how they, they praise you. And, uh, it, you know, it's been called the experience of a lifetime by some of these people. And oh, I can well, imagine it would be. Yeah. And also I'm very interested in traditional Irish music. So uh-huh. I would musicians come uh we're just getting back into our stride now before covid we would always have i'm i know a lot of traditional irish musicians because i used to play the fiddle and i like to sing traditional irish songs myself and if i had a room i'd ring ring around and they were only too delighted to come Hmm. and play or sing for their supper so it was fantastic and the and i we had a lovely recording done in the tower the lantern tower because it's uh got amazing acoustics so um so that was great and in the for our storm watching weekends it's it's a package and it's very much concentrated at the lighthouse because nothing else on the island is open so on a saturday night we'd always have a special mystery guest it could be a writer or a poet or a musician or a singer so that's that's turned out really great mm-hmm. wow I would love to be there for some traditional Irish music. What, how perfect can you get I know. to be at a, a, a lighthouse in such a fantastic setting and have uh, that, that wonderful music? Uh, it just sounds, sounds great. Um, my, in my mind, I'm, I'm drifting away there right now. This is just, just great. It's been a real pleasure talking with you, Rowie. Um, thank you so much for making the time to talk with me. I know you're going on holiday tomorrow. And where are you going? I'm going to Puerto Rico, the Gran Canaria, Puerto Rico. Right. For a little bit of sunshine. Yeah. So um, looking forward to that. And then we reopen then for our storm watching on the 17th, on Patrick's mm-hmm. Day, 17th of March. Okay. And we're completely booked up now until June, I think, already. Yeah. So yeah. that's very exciting. And now I'm just trawling around, getting some musicians and poets and the like together for the Saturday nights. <laughs> sounds sounds great. Roy, I'll let you go. I know you've probably got some more packing to do for your trip and have a wonderful time. Good luck on your final season at uh at that that doesn't sound good your final season. You're, I know. You're... <laughs> now, now you're making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's not a good way to put it. Good luck with the the upcoming season at Clare Island and uh, I think, you know, it's been a great experience for you but you've brought a lot of happiness to a lot of people there. That's obvious and you've oh, done such a great thing much. for the and thank you for the place. For getting, I really appreciate your interest. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Take care, Roy. Thank you. You can find out more at clareislandlighthouse.com. That's C-L-A-R-E islandlighthouse.com. And you can read all about the property being for sale at sherryfitz.ie. That's S-H-E-R-R-Y-F-I-T-Z dot I-E. The asking price of 4.8 million euros, uh, I, I think, doesn't seem all that out of line for such a spectacular mm-hmm. property. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping the accommodations can be kept open for uh, at least part of the year uh, when it's sold and that the staff Rowie has assembled can stay on. I know they're hoping to stay on. Cindy, Valentine's Day is the day after tomorrow and I'd like to mention an event at a very popular lighthouse. Right, there will be a Valentine's Day hike at Marblehead Lighthouse in Ohio. People will be meeting at the lighthouse at 1 p.m. for that. And you can call Megan Veely for more information at area code 419-635-8612. Sounds like fun. Marblehead is a, a great lighthouse. It was featured on this podcast uh, a while back. Uh, I also want to mention the ongoing guided tours at Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse in Florida. There are tours on native plants, Native American history, a day in the life of a lighthouse keeper, among others. 
check out jupiterlighthouse.org for more information. Jupiter Lighthouse is one of my favorites. Cindy, in my interview with Rowie McCann, we talked about the movie The Banshees of Inisherin, which was shot near Clare Island. I think you have a quote from one of the stars of that movie. I do. The Irish actor Brendan Gleeson once said, quote, I never had any problem finding inspiration. Ireland was always just there, you know? All this richness of culture was there to tap into, unquote. Yeah, it's a, it's a really special place. I, I loved Ireland. I, I'm so glad I had a chance to experience some of it on a U.S. Lighthouse Society tour last July. It was great. Mm-hmm. To learn more about the U.S. Lighthouse Society and everything it offers, including tours and preservation grants, check out uslhs.org. Also, be sure to check out the Society on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget that donations and memberships support this podcast and all the preservation and education initiatives of the Society. We will be back with a new episode of Lighthearted next week. For now, to all our regular listeners and our new ones, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for listening and keep a good light. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine.